0: Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are three friends who love to laugh and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. You never know what will happen on our show, but
1: we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day.
0: Hello and welcome
1: to It's a Good Day Podcast. I'm DeLight and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Wendy and August.
0: Hello. Hi.
1: (laughs) Today we have Charlotte Sullivan with us and I'm pretty excited about it. Charlotte is pretty amazing woman, and we know her and love her. So we wanted to share some of the, that goodness with all of you listeners. Thanks for being here, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so we can start by just tell us a little bit who is Charlotte Sullivan.
2: Um, I am a woman. <laughs> I'm married. Been married for almost nine years. I have two kids, and yeah, pretty simple.
1: That's it. Yeah. Easy as that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you love Jesus.
2: I do love Jesus. We
1: know that. Hmm. <laughs> um, will you tell us a little bit about what does that mean to you in your life? I'm where. Where did that start? Where is? What's your, the first kind of? remember, remembrance, I can never talk. Like when you first know who God is, do you remember that? Like, do you, were you, how old were you or where, where was that?
2: So I was eight when, and driving home actually from a family friends. And we, I don't know, I just asked my parents about the Lord and it was on the way home that I accepted him. But of course, like over time, it be, comes and means something different to you um but I would say that's probably my very first remembrance of making an active step that way
1: yeah so what tell us like what does that look like now how does that how does your relationship with God and who he is impact your life today oh wow (laughs) I know that's pretty broad
2: (laughs) Um, how does it impact who I am today? I feel like my relationship with the Lord right now is, um, the most real it's ever been, probably, um, over the past years. It's been different. Um, I really, at one point a few years ago, really wanted a relationship with the Lord, um, I believe it was, I was reading about Abraham and his relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and just how his faith was, yeah, it was amazing. But also that he he talked with God and like he was a friend of God mm-hmm. and how I really wanted that relationship. And so being on that journey to really find out more what that is and what that looks like and how I walk that out in my everyday life is probably where I'm at right now.
1: Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you you did. Like when you realized, okay, this is what I want. Like how did you get from where you were to, I mean I'm sure the story's not over, but to getting closer to that point. Like what kind of things did you do or not do or?
2: So I had some pretty... Um, I don't know what the word is to say really, but a big grieving period um, a few years ago. And that really, I feel like, took me, took the rug right out from underneath my feet and really um, challenged me in how I view Jesus and what he actually means to me. And out of that, I feel like I have a more real, real relationship with him.
1: Okay, can you tell us more? specifically, like, what, like you say, grieving period, how, like, what are some of the practical things that happened? Like, what did you actually do to let God meet you in that time?
2: I think for me, I let myself be angry at God. Um, and let him, like, still love me through the process. Yeah. And have a lot of, I, I'm a worship leader, so I'm prone to music and the way it speaks to me. Um, and so I listen to a lot of songs. Um, I wrote in my journal a lot. Um, and I, for the first time in my life, feel like I really became vulnerable with a couple of friends. Yeah. Um, and that's big for me, just in who I am, uh, so yeah, so I think that was good.
1: Okay, would you be willing to share some of that story with us? Like the when, like what were you grieving?
2: Sure. Um, so gosh, I don't even know now. Like five or six years ago, I think it was. Um, my in-laws separated and divorced. And um, it was about, I think six months later... My parents divorced, um, and that was, yeah, I mean, that's really hard to walk through. Um, something you've held on to your whole life, um, for my parents specifically. Sometimes it's something maybe that some children think about and wonder. And then when it actually becomes a reality, it hits you harder than you would think. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And it makes you question a lot of um, things, not necessarily the happy things in your childhood, but it makes you question a lot of things you were taught. It makes you question um, the trust in those people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was close with my in-laws, so that hurt as well, not as deeply. Um, But watching your husband walk that out is really hard and not knowing necessarily how to help him. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I feel like I didn't really deal with a lot of that at first. Um, I did, in a way, I I read Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, and that was very helpful just to put in boundaries and um, set up guidelines for our house and that kind of thing going through that. Um, And then a few, a couple years later, we um, we were fine with having two kids, but I really felt like the Lord asked us to have more. So we decided to go for it and try, and we got pregnant, and um, I didn't have, you know, it's your third, you don't really, well, maybe some people do, but I was like, oh, I'll go to the doctor in a few weeks, you know, like I'm obviously pregnant, I'm growing, all that kind of stuff. I went in. I thought it was 18 weeks. The doctor thought I was measuring about 20. And we found out that there had, there was no heartbeat. And um, it looked like the baby had passed around 14 weeks. And that was, you know, devastating, of course. Um, But I think it was there. And actually, it was Wendy. It was that summer um, that I was talking with Wendy about it. And I said, I feel like I'm just knocked over and dealing with all the things from all the past years. Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't think you gave yourself enough time to grieve and actually walk through that. So I felt like I had a few years of grieving in like a short period of time, right. just all of a sudden hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was good and bad and all those things swirling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I think about a lot is just, I think that in our Christian walk so often we, we hear so much about like being positive and, and, you know, God is good and no matter what and all those things. And like, it's true, Mm -hmm. but I think that there is a side of God and of life that we don't always We don't always understand, I don't think. And I think because somewhat it's a paradox, it's both things, you know, that Mm -hmm. so it's hard for our human brain to, we either go one end or the other, I think, but I think that there's a place of, of grieving and of lamenting that I think is important to know how to do that. And did you feel like you were able to kind of learn that in that season? like, okay, how to actually, like you mentioned being vulnerable. And I think that at times, like I can struggle with that too. And yeah, just tell us about the importance of that and how you learn to kind of let God touch you by
2: opening up. Yeah. Um, it was actually my husband. (laughs) It was soon after the um, baby had passed and I said to him, like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm, you know, just kind of trapped inside my own head. And he said, I think you need to call, um, Wendy and Eliza, another friend of mine, and you need to just talk with them. And I was like, shoot. Yeah. (laughs) And so I did. (laughs) And of course they were very, very welcoming of course and open and all the things that you don't think that people are sometimes Mm -hmm. if you believe the lies about yourself um but I think it's very important to allow yourself to grieve Um, but I think there's a difference between grieving and wallowing Mm -hmm. Um, and I would stress that to anybody going through a grieving period is to to grieve Um, and to work it out with the Lord, but then to put your barn boots back on, so to speak, and keep walking because Mm -hmm. there's a lot more of life that's going to hit you and, um, good and bad. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was grieving, not only just of the physical, but there's grieving of dreams. Um, and that's, that's big to let go of. Um yeah, the Lord, I mean, the Lord hears you and it can be hard because it's not a physical hug. Um, but I think that's why he gives you close friends, people that you can trust. Um, yeah.
1: How did you deal with the fact that specifically when you said before you got pregnant that you were, you felt content with the two children that you had and that you felt like the Lord was Asking you to have more. How did you feel when then <laughs> that loss came after feeling like you were what you were doing was obedience? Mm-hmm. Not that you weren't wanting that baby, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah, what did that look like? Like, I think that that can be a very hard place. And it's interesting to me, like, you mentioned Abraham, like, to me, that sounds like Abraham, you know, like he was obedient. And yet, didn't see what God was doing, even though it was in His obedience. How did you, or have you, come to kind of grips with that?
2: Part of it. Um. I think so. It definitely that was you know a big anger part of the grieving process because you have lots of different stages of the grieving process. Um, And that was one of them, anger toward the Lord. You asked me to do this, and you didn't come through. Um, I think that's where it felt like my faith shifted into um, prayer isn't just hopes and unicorns and that kind of thing. Um, And do I truly believe deep down in my heart, like, he knows what he's doing. Right. Right. Um, And will it turn out good? Yes. Do I know how? No. Um, But I have seen fruit of it already. And so um, I'm very thankful. Uh, When people ask me, well, that must have been really hard to walk through. And I'm like, yeah, it was. It was, it was like, falling face first into a pile of manure, um, which I've done. But um, but you get up and you wash yourself off and I'm thankful for having walked through that because I feel like it's um, made me softer to other people going through a grieving. Mm-hmm. I also think it's made me... Um, Stronger in my faith. Stronger with a weakness, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, And, yeah, I guess before it felt like life was this journey of you reach a goal. And then once you've reached it, like you kind of ride out life. And it showed me really that that's not at all how life is. And to just be better at taking the curves that come along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have any specific verses or even songs, you mentioned music, like that really you held on to in that time that you could share with us?
2: Um, I have quite a few songs that got me through. Mm-hmm. Um, one I wrote down specifically in my journal that really hit me. Um, which I realized after I wrote it. It was a song that it's by JJ J. Heller. And she actually wrote it, I believe, after she lost mm. a baby. Wow. Um so it says, I never saw it coming. There was no way to prepare. The world kept spinning around me, and I left it left me standing there. And it's okay to grieve a life that would not be. I'm trying to believe in something better. Even if the dreams I had turned I had turned into dust. There's no wreckage that's too broken to rebuild. The world is just as scary as I thought it was, but your love makes me braver still. I spent my whole life running, trying to find a place to rest. Why did it take a wound like this to let me hold, to let you hold me to your chest? Now I can hear you breathe. You're singing over me. You're making me believe I'm something better. That's really good. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that there's a lot of value in our things that we go through that are difficult. Like, just like you're saying that it helps you understand people that go through harder times and how to be there for them and things like that. And one thing that we talk a lot about, or we have talked to some about, I guess, is just like, what do we do when we know of somebody that's having a difficult season or having something happen and we we talked too about how everybody's different you know like some people
0: mm-hmm. what
1: works for one one friend might not be the right. best for another friend and how do we how do we know what to do so mm-hmm. would you share you mentioned you know just having friends that were willing to listen which is valuable but how do you on the other side if you're the friend how do you know whether you're supposed to listen or talk or do something or not do something or, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think it's honestly more about the person who's grieving needs to be aware that other people grieve differently and need different love through that. And the way they're going to love you through that, your own grieving process is just the only way they know how. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard sometimes to think about, um... But it was something, actually, my pastor said to me. He called me um, right after, and he said, you know, a lot of people grieve differently, and it's okay. You're going to grieve how you're going to grieve, um, but don't get angry at people because they're they're not doing what you need them to do, or, mm. you know, they're being too something or whatever. And I was like, I thought that was very, very, very good wow. advice. Yeah. Um, and...
1: Yeah, that takes a lot of maturity, I think.
0: Like, <laughs> right? Woo. That's what I was gonna
2: say too. Yeah,
0: even to realize that mm-hmm. is wise.
2: Yeah, because everybody does grieve differently, and some people like to relive their own their own grief, and so they kind of can relive it through you almost, which is so they're needing help then through it, and that's really hard. Um, there's some people who just wanna want to see you cry, and just hold your hand and do that. And if you're not a crier like me, even though I've sounded like I'm going to cry most of the time here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're learning to be more vulnerable. That's awesome. I'm learning to
2: be more vulnerable. Um. Yeah, I think it was just very good for me to realize I had a couple people in my corner that knew what I needed and how I needed it for the most part, obviously, because nobody's a mind reader. And, I mean, that's really where I said, okay, God, like if you, if you want me, I need to be held and I need to be loved. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that sounds kind of whatever, but I think the Lord asks us to be bold. Mm-hmm. I, the, the, I think it's, I think I wrote it in my journal somewhere the the Hebrew word for hope in one of the verses I wrote down, it actually means bold. And so I think to be hopeful is to be bold in your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, it's not necessarily testing the Lord. It's saying, okay, God, I know you can, so do it. Yeah. yeah, Right. And I think that's okay. Right. That's what faith is, I think. Like, faith is
0: being bold and, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep.
1: How did... Some of these things that you're these difficult things that you're mentioning, how did that affect your own marriage and was you know how did the Lord meet you even within your own marriage in that time? like I think that anything that we go through can be hard
2: mm-hmm.
1: on on any relationship, um but I think it also can be good growth opportunity to, Mm -hmm. like, what did that look like for you and your husband?
2: Well, I I kind of view it as two different grieving periods, one with um, the divorces and one with the baby. Mm -hmm. And the one with the divorces, we actually went and sought um, counseling, uh, my husband and I, because we first growing up and then being married, saw a lot of... um, Saw a lot of the damage that had been done in our parents. Um, and we just said, like, whatever it takes, we're working on our own stuff. And we're going to do it early kind of a thing. Um, so we sought help for a little bit just to walk through the feelings of the divorces, but also just for ourselves. Um... And so that made us stronger, I believe. Um, and then with the baby, I feel like it was more my thing than it was his thing. Mm. Um, uh, not to be stereotypical, but, you know, he got over it a little bit quickly, sure. more quickly than me. Um, but it was still hard for him, obviously. Um, I think it was harder for me because my body was going through changes. Um I had to wait three and a half weeks to even get into the hospital to miscarry uh, because I wasn't miscarrying naturally because there was a mass in there with the baby. Mm-hmm. So that was hard to wake up every day pregnant, um, but not pregnant, mm-hmm. <laughs> and having people ask me questions. And um, then even after um, losing the baby, you know, your milk still comes in and all these things, and there's no baby there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. More for me, it was that that was a personal journey, sure than it was a marital journey um but he definitely had to get, put up with me in a nice sense you know i mm-hmm. had a, there was a lot there was a lot going on emotionally, I was very emotional um he's very he's very steady, which is very good, and um we talked about. All of the things, and I think for me too, I learned that when I some things to hold back, not to hold back from your husband as a secret, but the Lord needs to hear it, not my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Lord needs to be my husband through that situation and not my actual physical husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and So yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah,
1: I think that's great. And I love that of, I think that it is, it can be a temptation as women in marriage to kind of put, put our husbands in like where God, Mm -hmm. where God Mm -hmm. should be. And I think, I love that you, you know, saw that at whatever point that you learned that, like Mm -hmm. just that, that's not always their job, like to fix everything or to be the one. And I think, I think personally, there's even, there's even times when it might be somebody outside of that. Like it might be a person, but it might Mm -hmm. be a girlfriend that Mm -hmm. doesn't mind hearing every little detail or like, I think it's okay that like men and women are different and that's not obviously they're your person. They're your first person, you know, but like, I think it's okay to, I think we have sometimes in our minds this idea of, of no, they're the ones that are supposed to, yes, God, but then they're the ones who are supposed to know everything and do everything. And I think, I think it's okay for it to be maybe another woman who can understand in a different, different way. So I love that. I think that's really, Mm -hmm. yeah, just a good, good point and a good, good for people to hear like, Hey. It's okay. They don't yeah. have to. Mm-hmm. They're not our everything. Like God is that, and
2: and I feel like it deepened my relationship with a couple of my girlfriends. Hmm, you cool. know, in a way that I had never let them come that close before. Yeah. Um. So I think it was good. All the way around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that losing a child at any point is a is hard. And do you? what does, it's been a couple years now and what, how does that affect you today? And how do you, I think I've seen people deal even with that differently. Like how do you, I don't know the right term, but like keep that baby alive in your heart. Sounds really, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like, how do you honor that life even though it never was able to be?
2: Yeah, so I tend to not stay in the past very much. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my grief, but don't wallow. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really funny. I have one thing that I have, um, and it's the passcode on my phone, and mm-hmm. it's the birth date. Um, but that's the only thing I keep. Yep. And it doesn't even, I don't even think of it every time I put it in, but sometimes it'll catch me off guard, like, oh my goodness, it's been two years wow, we've been through a lot in two years. Okay. Yeah. You know, and just seeing, trying to see the good in all of that. Yep. Yeah. And I really do. I, I'm i so thankful for where, where I am today. And hopefully that only gets better and sweeter. And yeah.
1: Yep. That's cool. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's awesome. And I just love that God works in every, everything, <laughs> every circumstance, every, point in our life, even the hardest things, I think that God is, he's working and he's like refining us more and more to what, to where he wants us to be. So let's transition a little bit and talk about, tell us more about other areas of your life. What, what would you say? Do you have something that you say you are passionate about or what, what do you love to do? What is, I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a stay-at-home mom, wife. Um, I like to call myself a domestic engineer. Um, But I also work part-time as a home manager, which is something I love. Um, I love organizing and rearranging furniture and helping people better themselves. Not to say that I have it all together, because I do not. You know, like my car is always messy and <laughs> my bed is made half the time. <laughs> kind of thing. But I think it's something that I really like to do.
1: A home manager, what is what does that mean? Tell us like what does your job entail if that's your job? You said it's part time. Yes. Okay. But
2: So it's kind of like that. Um I decorate, I clean, I
1: for yeah. someone else. Oh yes,
2: yeah, sorry. Okay, so I go in I, I work for a family, um, and they, the mom is a stay-at-home mom as well, and she homeschools, and so I basically come in and I'm, I'm like her third and fourth arms basically, and she okay. tells me what she needs done that day or what she, or we we sit and talk because she needs an adult to talk to, you know, um, and so oftentimes. It has been just kind of organizing their house, their military, so that's really hard. Um, I know for military to get unpacked and feel settled in a home, not from experience, from just stories of having friends. And so that, um, just organizing, I'll come in and she'll say, I really want like her living room to look and feel a certain way and she'll kind of give me a couple ideas and then She goes about her day with her kids, um, and I'll kind of just rearrange or do stuff or, yeah, do a bunch of things and clean, and she'll come in, and I'll say, is this how you want it or do you want it differently or whatever? Um, So, yeah, that's a lot of fun to have that freedom. It's kind of like being in my house but in somebody else's house. Right. I know. That's what I was going to say. That sounds like a lot
0: of fun to do. Yeah. But then also it would be a lot of fun to have someone do that for <laughs> right. yeah. you. Be like, I know I want somebody to do it for me. Something feels off. Like windows need to be
2: cleaned too. <laughs> yeah. But and just move things around. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, awesome. yep. And then there's a lot of deeper things. Um, helping the children walk through things, and um, I sit and talk with the kids. Um, you know when the mom is doing things with the other kids. There's homeschooling and um, that kind of thing. So it's and there's budgeting. I go grocery shopping. I do meal planning um, for her. Um, yeah. So that's what a home manager is, I guess. Very cool. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So what you said you feel passionate about that, like, tell us, can you give us a little more, like, is it, is the passion that we can have lives that run smoothly or like, Which part is, like, where does your passion come out in that of what you do?
2: I think it comes out of wanting moms to feel free, um, to be more of who they are. Because I feel like right now there's a stress to have your home perfect and be perfect and everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. I hate that word. <laughs> um, but I think there's simple things you can do every day to feel like, and I, when I talk to different women about this when they're asking for help, um, is it's like clearing the cobwebs away in your brain. You know, if just you think about the one thing you could get done that day, cleaning-wise or whatever, and it feel as, feels like it helps set the day for just a more productive day or just a happier day, even if you're going to be around in your pajamas all day. Like, that's totally fine. I just did that yesterday. Um, but just knowing kind of what your house needs to run kind of smoothly so that you don't feel like you get overwhelmed. For me personally, I don't like when things start to pile up because I know that I'm the one. My husband's very helpful, but I, we've talked and I'm more the one that takes care of the, the home. Mm-hmm. And so when things pile up, I know it's just going to be there for me in, either, you know, in an hour or in three days. Right. So would I rather just take care of an hour's worth of work or three days' worth of work? Right. And just kind of when people ask for help, just explaining like just a get-it-done kind of attitude to help your brain space. So then the next three days, you aren't, aren't really worrying about anything. You just... You know, every morning, three things, these, this happens, and then I feel like I have the whole day free. Right. And it just frees your brain. It really just does. And it, there's, there are lots of studies out there to say when things are just a little bit more... When you have the specific things that work for you already done, your mental state is much calmer.
3: Huh.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So... And and it's different for everybody. Yeah. Some people can deal with lots of piles everywhere, but they need their dishes done, you know? And some people can't handle the piles, but they can handle a whole stack of dishes being dirty. You know what I mean? So it's really different for everybody. And I, yeah.
1: Yeah. How do we combat that idea of perfection that I think we probably most all can struggle with of this idea of, I think a lot that like social media can play into that these days of what we see is perfection because that's all people show us a lot mm-hmm. of times. Not It's not true across the board. But like how do we combat that perfect, that need to, or think we need to be perfect with the fact that we know a lot of this stuff still needs to be done. Like I don't hear you saying it doesn't need to be perfect, just let it all go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't hear you saying that at all, but how do we find that kind of balance between it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's still important to get the dishes done?
2: Or I think it's all about knowing yourself and mm-hmm. knowing who you are. So for me personally, I know I can't be on Pinterest because I go down the hole of, holy crow, I am not a good wife or mother, mm-hmm. and I don't make all these meals and do all these crafty things that... So few years ago, I just stopped with that, and I've stopped with other things um, because as much as you say like it doesn't affect you, it affects your subconscious mm-hmm. um, and then talking about it with your husband or if you don't have a spouse spouse um, our my one thing that oftentimes I tell people and we've done um, is what's your one thing that you want done in the house like if everything else went to pot. What would that one thing look like for you? Um, in our house, my husband's thing is floors. He likes floors to be clean, and now it's kind of my thing because I've done it for so many years. <laughs> I, like, can't handle it. Um, and then out of that, I think you can just... You just know. And different seasons, like when I had little babies, it was different things that needed to be done. Yeah. Um, and right now, it's, again, different things for me. Um, and I think just... Yeah, it comes back to just knowing who you are and being okay with who you are. Honestly, being okay if if dishes aren't your thing, we'll just take that for an example, and you're fine with dirty dishes being there. Um, but you think it's a perfection thing? Like, just think about if somebody walked into your house with dishes on your counter. Like, are you okay with that? You know, do right. you still feel loved by Jesus? Do you still <laughs> right. feel loved by your friends? Like, it it can't... It should be more about the heart than about the physical things. Yeah. yeah,
1: That's great.
3: August and Wendy, do you guys have
2: a thing? Like, do you have a one thing?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just like things to be... To look pretty... Like, I just like it to look tidy. And actually, I was thinking about Sunday evening. I don't know how it happened. I think it was just... Saturday was really busy and I was just doing a lot of things. And then Sunday afternoon and evening, the house was just a wreck. And I was like, how does this happen? Like you stay – you mm-hmm. you don't – you start to get off of staying on top of things. And then it just is like, wow So I just like spent two hours and just went through the whole house and just picked up things and cleaned and did this. And then now the whole week so, – oh, it's only been two days – everything has been clean. So yeah, I don't know. Honestly, it's just, I like things to just look tidy. And I think I don't care if there's maybe a couple little piles of things as long as the piles are neat, but I would prefer those to also be gone.
2: You do like things perfect. I am a little bit of
3: perfectionist. But you
2: do the most of the cleaning and stuff in your house. So that's, if it's fine for you, then it. It's fine right, for you
3: right, if you right. don't feel overwhelmed. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, but I think it's very good. And I have tried to remember also that it doesn't matter if someone walks in my house yeah. and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. And I've had people, you know, just remind me that it's more important to sit and read a book with my son than it is to yeah. do some of the things. Like I try not to, I try to make sure that I make time for those important things. What about you, Wendy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think my thing
0: is the counters. Like, if someone was coming and the house was a mess, I think I would quickly wipe down the counters. And then I'm okay with a sink full of dishes, but not on the counter. Like, if my dishes are onto the counter, but I can't fit them all in one sink, then I got to wash some dishes too. But also, like, even if my house is messy and I know someone's coming... Even just like lighting a candle Mm -hmm. or putting on like essential oils or something, some kind of Mm -hmm. good smelly thing, then um, I'm okay. Right. But that's definitely a place where I've grown a lot. I think when my kids were little, I wanted my house to be perfect. Like the thought of somebody Mm -hmm. coming over, like I just, but also like I feel better. I feel better in a clean house, anyways. But it was more of that perfection than heart thing, I think, when my kids were little, where now it's like, it's, I'm okay with a messy house for mm-hmm. the most part. Charlotte, talk a little bit about,
1: um, intention <laughs> and living with, <laughs> living purposefully and then with intention. Do you have anything to say about
2: that? I mean, it goes back to the, for me right now is my house and I do my certain few things so mm-hmm. that I know at the end of the day, cause I'm exhausted at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, that I can sit and be peaceful. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Or planning ahead. Okay. I want to do something fun with the family. So what, what is it going to take this week to get to that day where I can actually be stress-free and not thinking of all these things? Yeah. That's um, good. Which some of that the Lord just is, is still working on in my head and letting go more and more. But also I think it's good to be productive with the hours that we've been given. And yeah, so I guess just being more intentional about getting the the work done and then fully enjoying the time after that.
1: That it leaves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I always like, it's a struggle for me. And so I'm always curious, what do other people do? And I think I'm somewhat always looking for more freedom in this area because maybe everybody doesn't do it perfectly <laughs> is, um, like setting aside time to spend with God. Like, do you do that? What does it look like for you? Has it ever been a struggle? And if it has, how have you, you know, how have you come to terms with that subject? It's something that I'm always it's a struggle for me and I'm always trying to figure out how to get it into my life. But yet I think I have this idea of perfection. And so I'm never reaching that. And then whatever.
2: I think it's part of that going back to the letting go of the goals. You're, you never come to a, you're never going to come to the, you know, the top of the mountains, so to speak, until you've reached mm-hmm. heaven. Honestly, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, if you let go of that goal, knowing, that it's a continuous thing. You're learning and then you're learning different things along. Your your time with the Lord is gonna look different. So for me, it's always, it's up and down. Um, I say, I think it's been more consistent. Um, I take time in the morning, I read a devotional um, by Oswald Chambers, it's really good. And then throughout the day, I'm constantly talking to the Lord. Um, and I'm listening to music, not all day, every day. Um, oftentimes I sit down at my piano and just play music. If I, if I, I would be tempted to say if I have the time. It's more like if I make the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I've been doing more of because it really does bring a calm to me. Um, yeah.
1: Cool. So, anything else? You, either of you want to add? Ask, I
3: have
0: one more question.
3: We didn't ask her about her any
0: gram number. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> what's good about today?
2: Uh, um, let's see, I'd say two things. What's good about the actual today is you guys being here, and um, what's good about the day, moment, year that I'm in right now is um, deeper relationships. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, <good> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, I think there's a lot of good
3: mm-hmm. stuff in there. Yes, there is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks for having me.